Research suggests only about one in every three people suffering from anxiety ever present for treatment. And it doesn't have to be that way. And that's why I'm talking about anxiety today on this podcast. Knowledge is power. I'm Dr. Mark Rowe, and welcome to my podcast, In the Doctor's Chair. As a family physician, my expertise is supporting people in the areas of positive health and lifestyle medicine. Join me in conversations that share life lessons, health habits, and leadership practices, focusing on positive psychology, lifestyle medicine, and ways that enable you to live with more vitality on purpose. Appreciating that when it comes to your vitality, that everything is so interconnected. Episodes will air weekly, and you can find me wherever you listen to your podcasts. And of course, on my website, drmarkrow.com. Today, I want to talk about how positive lifestyle changes can support you to address anxiety. Now, anxiety is a negative emotion triggered by part of your brain called the amygdala, which is an almond-shaped piece of your limbic system. And I call it the emotional alarm clock or red button for stress. And of course, it's completely normal and natural to experience some anxiety with many of life's challenges. And feeling a little anxious can enable you to embrace stress and enhance your performance. It's part of the stress response, readying you for action. However, when this feeling of anxiety becomes excessive, prolonged, or exceeds a tipping point of coping, that's when it can have negative consequences for your health and well-being. And that's when anxiety and feelings of anxiety can become an anxiety disorder. And symptoms of anxiety can be debilitating and may include feelings of restlessness, being on edge, irritability, feelings of panic, poor concentration, feeling of excess worry, disproportionate to everyday events, especially when it lasts for more than about six months and is severe enough to interfere with everyday life, experiencing irrational fears, physical symptoms of stress, such as a dry mouth, sweaty palms, shakiness, increased heart rate, feeling tired more easily, sleep difficulties, particularly getting to and or staying asleep, having a sensation of tenseness in your muscles, and perhaps avoiding social situations. A form of anxiety known as social anxiety disorder is common, and it often manifests with a fear of being judged, embarrassed, or humiliated in a social situation. And as a medical doctor, anxiety of one form or another is one of the most common conditions I encounter in my surgery. It really has become a modern day epidemic. Some people call it the age of anxiety. It is probably the most common mental health issue, estimated to affect at least one in nine people at some stage in their lives. Now, severe anxiety can be really debilitating. It can take from your quality of life and can significantly impact your emotional and mental well-being in a negative way. And of course, anxiety can impact your physical health as well, increasing your long-term risk of diabetes or heart disease or high blood pressure. And unfortunately, many people that experience anxiety suffer in silence. Research suggests only about one in every three people suffering from anxiety ever present for treatment. And it doesn't have to be that way. And that's why I'm talking about anxiety today on this podcast. Knowledge is power. So if your anxiety is significant and particularly if it's associated with low mood or is affecting your quality of life, 
go and see your family doctor. He or she is there to support you. And sometimes other medical conditions can present with anxiety. These would include an overactive thyroid gland, various forms of chronic pain syndrome, and of course, other mental health conditions, including clinical depression. Now, sometimes medication can be very helpful to treat anxiety. But what I want to talk about today is really how lifestyle changes, how positive lifestyle choices can support you in improving your mental health and dealing better with symptoms of anxiety. I think to start off with, you have to focus on what I call self-care. And self-care is really understanding that you have the power to prioritize your own physical, mental and emotional well-being. And that it is really the most important relationship you have is the one you have with yourself. Being attuned to your own care needs, having a strong sense of self-awareness is really important. I would also include this idea of being kind to yourself, self-compassion, because many people, when they're feeling stressed or upset, will default to inner critic mode. And, you know, now on top of feeling anxious, people feel angry or even more negative for feeling anxious or on top of stress, people feel stressed or even even feeling stressed. So, you know, self-compassion means treating yourself with patience, with empathy, with kindness, care and support, just as you would treat a good friend that needs you. And, you know, being more self-compassionate, it has been found to reduce symptoms of stress, feelings of anxiety and boost your overall life satisfaction. So really, it starts with awareness because awareness of how you're feeling, awareness of how you are can give you the confidence and the ability to make more informed choices and decisions when it comes to your long-term health. Next, I want to talk about sleep because there's no doubt that if you are sleep deprived, it certainly ramps up feelings of anxiety. Normally, there's a, a tuning system, a finely balanced mechanism that connects the prefrontal cortex, which is the rational thinking part of your brain and the emotional alarm center, the amygdala. And this tuning system, it stops your fears and anxieties from running away with you. But when you're sleep deprived, this fine tuning becomes impaired and the red button in your brain, the amygdala, becomes louder and louder and perhaps by up to 60% actually. You tend to live your day if you're sleep deprived, controlled by this red button, which of course is focused on fear and survival as opposed to positivity. Furthermore, when you're sleep deprived, you miss out on what's called REM sleep. REM sleep or rapid eye movement sleep. That's the part of sleep where you dream and also where emotional processing occurs. So REM sleep is very, very important for extinguishing feelings of fear and anxiety. So when you're sleep deprived, you don't get enough REM sleep. So it ramps up feelings of anxiety the following day. And furthermore, there's an area of the brain near the amygdala, close to the red button, known as the striatum. And the striatum is associated with impulsive decision making. When you're sleep deprived, that becomes hyperactive and that can spell real trouble for addictive behaviors, increasing relapse rates from addiction, weakening your willpower and your sense of self-control, making it more likely that you will give in to impulsive whims and desires, perhaps snack foods and alcohol, which in turn can ramp up feelings of anxiety even more. Next, I want to talk about exercise because I call exercise the greatest pill of all. It really can be tremendous to dissolve feelings of anxiety and toxic stress, bringing on what I call the biochemical cocktail brilliance, all of those Positivity, neurochemicals like dopamine, noradrenaline, serotonin, 
that all together have the net effect of ramping up feelings of positivity and reducing feelings of anxiety and stress. In fact, I consider exercise to be like an anti-anxiety vaccine. It can be that powerful in terms of its stress-busting benefits. And what's interesting is you don't need to run marathons to reap the benefits. Simply getting up and moving stops you from marinating in cortisol and stress hormones and dampens down feelings of anxiety. Think about the word emotion. It's spelled E plus motion. So just think about it this way. Exercise and motion or movement can change your emotional state. Micro moments of positivity, micro moments of movement throughout your day can make a big difference. So my idea here is move more and worry less. Hippocrates, the father of medicine, put it so well thousands of years ago when he said, if you're in a bad mood, go for a walk. If you're still in a bad mood, go for another walk. Because when you move, you change your emotional state. Furthermore, integrative exercise like yoga has been found to have significant health benefits, including a reduction in feelings of anxiety for many. If you're a leader who recognizes, particularly since COVID-19, that living with vitality and building a more resilient mind matter now more than ever for you and your team, then this podcast is for you. For further details, visit drmarkrow.com. Next, I want to talk about talk therapy because, you know, I think counseling can be invaluable and CBT, which is talking with a trained therapist, is really based on that idea that we all have thoughts and we all have beliefs about those thoughts. But you can hold these thoughts and beliefs up to the light and see if they're rational, see if they make sense for you. And by choosing to change how you see things, and respond differently, you may be able to gain new perspectives that support much better long-term mental health. In other words, by choosing to change the way you look at things, those things you look at start to change. And of course, while it doesn't help everybody, cognitive behavioral therapy or CBT helps many people. And it certainly can be a tremendous treatment to help with feelings of low mood or anxiety. And it's certainly worth considering as part of your self-care strategy to enhance your mental well-being. The bottom line, it's good to talk. Now, spending time in nature is something that enables me to recharge and clear out the mental fog from a busy day at work, to regain my own equilibrium, my own sense of inner balance, to feel more relaxed, more rested. And this desire to spend time in nature is known as biophilia. It's a hardwired biological need that we generally all have as human beings, that, that desire to connect with nature. What's really interesting is the science of what's called forest therapy, which is that spending time in nature dampens down and quietens the amygdala, the red button in the brain. It moves you away from that fight or flight, stressed state it changes the busyness of your mind with all the beta waves towards a more alpha wave, chilled out, relaxed state, allows you to quieten your inner critic, that negative inner voice that replays all sorts of negative scenarios in your mind over and over and over again. Furthermore, spending time in nature, it lowers levels of stress hormones like cortisol and adrenaline, and it also reduces feelings of anxiety, toxic stress, and nervous tension. It can also give you a positivity boost, becoming more creative and expansive in your thinking. So for me, spending time in nature is a key strategy to simply live with more vitality. 
Next, I want to talk about food and drink, because there is no doubt that alcohol can be a major trigger of symptoms of anxiety. I mean, alcohol is a natural depressant drug and it can dip down your mood, bring on feelings of panic, anxiety and depression. And as I like to say, alcohol can be a good servant, but it's a very bad master. And in general terms, less is more. As a stimulant, caffeine it can certainly ramp up feelings of anxiety. And some people are particularly sensitive to the effects of caffeine. Now, I am a coffee holic myself. I love a great cup of coffee in the morning. But I think it's important to remember that the half-life of caffeine is more than five hours. So if you're drinking coffee or caffeine after lunch, you could still have quite high levels as bedtime approaches and it can certainly uh, affect your sleep quality. And too much caffeine can certainly exacerbate feelings of anxiety. Furthermore, if you're dehydrated uh, and lacking fluids, you can also experience feelings of anxiety. And in terms of your diet, you know, generally a diet rich in color, a diet rich in fresh fruit and vegetables, in nuts and whole grains, that supports the bugs in your gut known as the microbiome, which produces most of the body's serotonin, the positivity hormone, and it supports good brain health. On the other hand, the yo-yoing of your blood sugar from eating high fat, high sugar snacks can ramp up feelings of anxiety. In terms of the environments you spend your time in, be aware of how much negative news you're consuming because the 24-7 continuous news cycle promotes crisis after crisis, fear, anxiety, and never ending stories that can really exacerbate feelings of, of tension and panic and anxiety. Remember, your mind is like a sponge soaking up all its exposures. And if you expose yourself to enough negative, cynical, toxic noise, that's what you're going to squeeze out and bring out in your everyday life. Remember to seek support from your friends if you're feeling overwhelmed emotionally or mentally. Let your friends and family know how you're feeling. The bottom line is it's good to talk. Don't be an island. Don't try and fight your battles alone. And while social media has potential downsides. One of the benefits is that it can enable you to stay connected. Make sure you reach out for support. Have people in your space that are going to strengthen and support you, encourage and empower you, challenge and convince you to, to grow and to become your best version of you. And it's also important to look at the relationship you have with yourself. I mean, I think keeping a written journal, I mean, the philosophers were big into this thousands of years ago, to know yourself. And, you know, keeping a journal can enable you to reframe setbacks through the lens of growth and meaning and new connection. By writing about worries and anxieties in your journal, we call this emotional release from journaling. It can prevent you from pouring that emotional toxicity into your outer life. And research by James Pennebacher in the University of Texas has found that, you know, writing for 15 to 20 minutes each day for three days in a row about your worries and concerns can lead to a long-term boost in resilience and in positive mental health. You can also use your journal to express gratitude. And I believe a written gratitude practice is a tremendous way to boost feelings of inner well-being, as well as dissolving feelings of toxic stress and hostility and anxiety. It simply isn't possible to feel grateful on the one hand and tense anxious or hostile on the other. I really consider gratitude to be like an anti-anxiety vaccine. It, it can be that good for you. And simply building that habit of writing down three things each day you feel grateful for, I think is a tremendous habit 
to build your self-care and live with more vitality. Next, I want to talk about mindful practices. You're listening to this and you're breathing automatically. You're probably not even aware of your breathing. But when you choose to consciously slow your breathing down to four or five breaths per minute, even for a minute, minute or two, that can have really significant health benefits. It stops you from reacting. It can make you feel more responsive, feel more calm, more chilled out, more present. It dampens down the stress response from the amygdala and moves you towards that feeling of pause and plan, that feeling of recharge, and simply dampens down feelings of anxiety and toxic stress. Feel more cool, calm and collected. I call it pause. You can check it out on my website. Um, The pause technique to simply slow your breathing, take a pause, become aware of how you're feeling at this moment in time. You might have sweaty palms or tightness in your shoulder muscles. And then you is to understand that you are not your feelings of anxiety or your feelings of stress, that you are separate. And then simply to take a slow, deliberate, deep breath in through your nose and experience the breath as it moves all the way down and expands your lungs. And then E is exhale. And as you breathe out slowly and deliberately, you blow out all your feelings of toxic stress. You blow away all your feelings of anxiety. You blow away all your feelings of noise. As well as a mindful practice like slowing your breathing, mantras tune into the strong human connection to sound. And A mantra can be as simple as repeating one word over and over again. I mean, one of the oldest universal words is the word "om," And simply repeating the word "om" over and over and over again for 10 minutes continually may reduce feelings of anxiety and stress, allow you to feel more grounded, boost your self-awareness, feel more calm and connected and release you from feelings of negativity. Affirmations are positive statements aimed to calm, soothe, and gently encourage you. Examples would include one day at a time. And saying this one day at a time, it's a reminder to you that there's no need to feel anxious about the upcoming test. There's no need to feel overwhelmed, that you will deal with life one day at a time. Or this too will pass, a reminder that emotions like anxiety will come and go. And finally, meditation is a very old practice that has significant benefits, including reducing feelings of perceived stress, reducing your sense of anxiety and building feelings of inner calm and contentment. Meditation can quieten what I call the merry-go-mind of anxious negative thoughts and build your self-awareness and sense of mindful presence. I have a meditation for anxiety that's available on my website, drmarkrow.com. So in summary, there are so many ways you can help yourself manage your own anxiety. As I say, become an active participant in your own well-being and embrace positive lifestyle habits as medicine for your mind, emotions, body and soul. Thank you for listening to my podcast, In the Doctor's Chair. For further resources to support you to live with more vitality, please visit my website, drmarkrow.com.